Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 330. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you an interview that I did with the founder of Project Broadcast, Jake Dempsey. And in this interview, we talk about the three biggest mistakes that he sees people making with Project Broadcast. So whether you're using Project Broadcast or maybe you're using some other type of text automation tool, today's episode is going to be really, really important for you. You know, Jake has a very unique perspective on this. You know, he shared in the interview that in the last five years, they, as a company, they've sent over half a billion text messages. They have currently have over 30,000 monthly subscribers active. So to say that he sees a lot of texts would be an understatement, but there are certain things that he says that he consistently sees people doing wrong. And it drives him crazy because he knows that this, and as I feel the same way, that this could be such a powerful tool for your business. But if you don't know how to use it, can definitely do way more harm than good. And so I'm super excited to share this with you. Jake talks a little bit about the story around how Project Broadcast was created. I think it's a really relevant story for our audience because he created this business trying to solve a problem. And we talk a lot about being paid problem solvers. So I thought that was a really interesting kind of conversation we have. And then we roll into the three biggest mistakes and you know why it was crazy to me because we're so aligned in terms of the values that we have, our company and his company, but also just the way that we view the network marketing and social selling professions. So we dive into these three mistakes. If you're using the service, you absolutely have to listen to this. And then at the very end, Jake shares some of the new features that are coming out that also I think are really exciting. So can't wait to share the interview with you. I want to give you another quick reminder, our Project Broadcast Workshop is coming up in just a little bit over a week. It's happening on November 9th and 10th. If you're interested in getting the details, all you have to do is go to yourvirtualupline.com forward slash project broadcast. Registration is now open. You'll see all the details there. Can't wait to share this with you. It's going to be so amazing. I say the, the more that I keep studying this and immersing myself in it, the more convicted that I get that this is a tool that every one of you needs to utilize. And our goal is to make it less intimidating and to give you the clear plan that you need to use it in the right way for your business. So without further ado, let me kick it over to my interview with Jake Dempsey. Hey, everybody, Bob here, and I am excited to get a chance to introduce all of you. Well, for some of you, I'm not introducing you. You probably know him already pretty well, but the founder of Project Broadcast, Jake Dempsey. Jake, thanks so much for being here on the show today, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. As you know, we've got this big two-day workshop coming up at the, I guess at the time of publishing this, it's going to only be in a few weeks on Project Broadcast. And you know, text automation is something that has revolutionized our business. And I know it's done that for many, many people in the space. And so I'm excited to kind of get a chance to kind of the focus and the direction of the episode today is I want to have you share some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making. You obviously are in a unique position to see the right way and the wrong way to use the platform because you created it. But I'd love to have you start off because I think it is such a great story and it's going to be really relatable to people. Share a little bit about yourself and kind of how how Project Broadcast was created. I've owned a software company for, I guess, well over a decade now. And my co-founder, Brian, and I, we have actually worked together at every company for over 20 years. Even when we founded our own company, you know, we, we kind of left corporate together and founded our own company. Fast forward to 2016, my wife, who's in network marketing, Brian's wife is in direct sales. They both were looking for a text marketing solution. And Brian and I had actually built software for the network marketing industry a number of years previous and actually had sold um, that product to the network marketing company. And we kind of looked at what was available because, you know, we're nerdy problem solvers for our wives. And we look at the kind of landscape of what's out in the market. And frankly, we just 
weren't that impressed with what, with what existed in the market. It was either very expensive. I think at the time, the cheapest thing you could get was about a hundred bucks a month. And then we looked at the feature set and we're like, man, this doesn't really work for network marketing and direct sales professionals. And we really understand the field. You know, obviously we've helped our wives for quite some time with their businesses, at least if not directly, indirectly by just being in the room, right? And we sat down, made the decision in 2016 that we were going to basically build the platform that we knew would help direct sellers and network marketing professionals, you know, leverage text marketing. And we went heads down for a year, launched in October of uh, 2017, and have just been slinging code, writing features and adding value ever since, man. <laughs> awesome. How many monthly users do you have now on the platform? We're currently at 30,000 active monthly subscribers. Wow. Paid subscribers. We also, we have a free social plan that, you know, doesn't let you actually text people. But in terms of paid people sending text messages, 30,000. Wow. Yeah, I think the thing that I love about the service is once you understand it, it's really a pretty simple and it's a very intuitive system to use. And I know in our own business, we've been through the gamut of different platforms and the only reason why we don't use Project Broadcast is because we have some specific needs. And you know that. We've talked about that, that aren't well, quite available yet. yet right? We're waiting. We're waiting. I know. I've got Sarah <laughs> geared up, man. You'll be changing soon. Yeah. And I just I want to say that because I feel like people will ask that. If we could use it, we would and will. But the thing is, is it's, you know, we pay over $1,000 a month for yeah. our text platform. We have a full-time employee, Sarah, that has spent dozens and dozens and dozens of hours just trying to set us up to use it to be able to send texts. So it's a powerful tool, but for the average direct seller or network marketer that's not really in that world, it's a very intimidating thing to even consider going down that road. So I think that's important to understand. I really believe most providers don't understand this space very well. Right. And one of the things they truly don't understand is how price conscious you have to be in order to create duplication in an organization. So when we looked, you know, again, at the stuff that was in the market at the time, the product that we focused on that was 100 bucks a month wasn't a bad product. We didn't think it was a great product, but it wasn't a bad product. But at the end of the day, if a leader uses a tool that, say, costs 100 bucks a month, they can't duplicate that successfully into the organization of people who are just starting their business. One of the primary like goals of Project Broadcast when we first launched it was we had to have a low cost option for anyone who wanted to like leverage the power of texting to be able to do it, whether they're a new builder or an experienced builder. I mean, it was a, it's still a major driver in decisions we make in the business is how do we ensure we've got this low cost option? Because we also have thousand, two thousand, four thousand dollar plans for people that need to send extremely high volumes, but a new builder will they don't need that. It was a big, big driver for how we actually built the platform. And what is that low cost? Like what is it the average person just coming in, starting with text, what would that look like in terms of monthly investment for them? Well, before yesterday, I would say it's 15 bucks a month. The entry level plan and project broadcast is $15 a month. And it gives you 500 credits a month that roll over if you don't use them all. But literally yesterday, we rolled out a new plan that's a $5 plan and it's a pay-as-you-go plan. Awesome. So for some people, they don't need a lot of credits to start using texting in their business. So we decided to roll out a $5 option. You don't get any credits as a part of that plan, but then you just purchase credits when you need them. So for someone who's really just trying to barely dip their toe in it, they can get in it for five or so dollars a month. Wow, that's amazing. What would you say... Just to give them an understanding, how long would it take them on average from when they signed up to when they could send that first text? How much time? What's the learning curve, do you think, there? I would say 30 minutes or less if they do our quick start training. One of the challenges with Project Broadcast, it's also a blessing with Project Broadcast, is it's an incredibly robust platform. It will do a ton of things, but it doesn't mean you need to know how to do all of those things to get started. So we kind of nudge people to this training we have called Quick Start. And it teaches you the basics like setting your broadcast hours and importing contacts and scheduling a broadcast and using the chat. And if you only knew those features, you'll be sending messages fairly quickly. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, for the average person, you 
you upload a list of your current customers or you upload a list of your downline. That takes a couple of minutes to do. You figure out how to you know type a message and hit send and you're communicating with a hundred people, starting a conversation with them that could you know result in something pretty positive for your business. Yeah, what's funny is we get emails all the time from people that say, hey, I just signed up for Project Broadcast and I had no idea when I sent my first broadcast message and say it was to 100 people. I had no idea when I sent that first broadcast message that 50 people were going to respond and I was going to have 50 active conversations going that now I have to respond to. And I'm like, yeah, that's the real work. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the real work. <laughs> but that's the good work because they're yes. used to they're used to sending 50 messages that nobody responds exactly. to. They're actually not they're responding back to people that have messaged them, exactly. which is a much different scenario. Well, that's what's funny. I actually remember when Christy sent one of her first broadcast messages, and I'm pretty sure it was to a few thousand people. And I always tell people this now that sending a message to a thousand people is not work. The real work is actually in engaging with the people that respond from that initial message. Yeah. And I can't remember the exact amount of time, but I know it was three or four hours post sending that message. She was just like hyper engaged with all these people that responded. And, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing to get that kind of engagement and actually see the value that you're, you're getting out of getting people to connect with you. I mean, it's a, people's minds just light up whenever you see that happen for them. We, yeah. and we get emails on it literally every day. Yeah. I'm curious, what was Christy's biggest reason for wanting text? What was that? What was her biggest problem that she was looking to solve with the service? I would say I mean, a few things, really. Some of it was for her scaling because she has a fairly large organization, but it was really about automating and simplifying things like consultant onboarding or customer follow-up, making sure that people don't fall through the cracks. Like, you know, one of the probably common things that happens to leaders, whether you are brand new or a seasoned professional, you get leader guilt when you don't follow up with someone because life happens or you just weren't able to follow up with them in, in the right time. And then you get scared to follow up because you're worried they're going to be mad at you. So then you don't do it. Yeah. And, you know, putting systems in place that ensure that, you know, that customer gets followed up with two days, two weeks, two months, six months, whatever your cadence is to make sure you don't create any gaps and follow up. That was a big driver, that prospecting. Yeah. But I would say the initial use case was really creating systems to make sure people don't fall through the cracks. Yeah. And I love that because, and we talked a little bit about this in the last episode we did on why text as a tool, it's being able to create automations where you can schedule follow-ups at specific times, a week out, 30 days out, six months. And because the thing is, is we just, it's hard to keep track of. And I know in my own business, the more active I got, I just would forget and stuff would slip through the cracks. And, you know, the number one question we always get is, you know, how do you keep track of it all? How do you keep track of follow-ups? And, and I always hesitate to like recommend a traditional CMS because those things are only as good as the information you put into them, right? Mm -hmm. It takes as much time inputting those types of things. And what I love about Project Broadcast is it acts like a contact management system. Everything lives right in there. You can automate all these things. And what that does for not only your, your business results, but for just giving you your life back and having peace of mind. The thing we see, our clients spend more time thinking about their business than they do actually working their business. I literally had this conversation with my wife, Christy, last night in the car. We were talking about there is a giant difference between evaluating and executing the real work in any business, even my business as a software company. It boils down to execution, right? We can think ourselves in circles and not actually do any what I would call real work. Executing on you know those thoughts and those ideas is where you actually see movement. And totally. you know, you look at project broadcast, what you're really doing is saying, let's take customer follow-up, right? You're saying customer follow-up is important to my business. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's that in order for me to scale to a larger business, I got to make sure that I've got a system in place that ensures I'm getting customer follow-up. And then I'm going to use the time that I'm freeing up to go do another income producing activity for the business. So it really lets you multiply your effort and multiply your time into the business versus 
you sitting down and following up individually with every single person and well first remembering to do it and then second actually doing it you can get that off your plate know that it's being done and now you've multiplied your effort right by going and doing something else or implementing something else even in another implementing another system in the pv right because yeah. you typically see people layer things right they will start with something like customer follow-up and then they'll start building like a uh, product education or they'll start adding prospecting and over time they kind of layer in these different strategies into their project broadcast so that you know the amount of like multiplied effort they get with the system is like having a team of people do work for you and it's yeah. just the project broadcast is doing it for you yeah and like like we mentioned in the other episode one of the big benefits is this is all contained within the ecosystem of project broadcast so mm -hmm. when people are responding it's not showing up on your phone as a text or a Facebook message. So it actually allows you to create some boundaries between your business and your personal life, which there's not a single person that's going to listen to this that doesn't know they need to do a much better exactly. job in that area. Uh, well, it also Myself it, included, by the way. <laughs> it also creates intentionality, right? So it gives you boundaries with an area to work the business, but it also forces you to be intentional in that and I'm guilty of this. If I have to go do work on Facebook, which I do, I have to be on Facebook a lot answering questions. Well, what's my tendency? It's going to be to scroll after I do a little bit of work, right? So it's hard for me to stay intentional in the ecosystem of Facebook because there's so many distractions mm. versus when I'm in Project Broadcast, everything in Project Broadcast relates to my business. So there's not as much distraction that can pull me away from actually putting good time into the business. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. That's so important for people. So, well, let's do this. You know, 30,000 monthly users. How long has the uh, service been around? We just hit our five-year anniversary, actually, this month. Awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. So, Thanks, man. So, five years, 30,000 users today. You've obviously seen lots of messages and lots of people using the platform. We've seen a few. <laughs> yeah. What, in your mind... If you had to narrow it down to three, what what are the three biggest mistakes? Let's let's kind of try to tackle one each one at a time. What would you say would be the three areas where people are kind of really missing the boat with Project Broadcast? I'm such a big believer in that. I talk about this a lot. You know, I I am a very big believer in that the business flows out of relationship, not the other way around. I don't feel like your relationships come from the business you do. I feel like the business comes from the relationships that you have, right? I'm really big believer in that. And the biggest challenge I see people in terms of what they do wrong in Project Broadcast is that they'll use Project Broadcast as a way to communicate non-relationship things like coupons, sales, incentives. And I tell people, I live in Texas and in Texas, we get these envelopes in the mail. It's not every month, it's a few times a year. And in the envelope, it's full of coupons and it's called a valve pack. And you probably have some version of this, you know, where you live. It's a thick coupon book, you know, envelope full of coupons. And I'm convinced that there are only two types of people on the entire planet. They're the people who get the valve pack. They open it up. They thumb through it about 10 seconds and they throw it in the trash. And then there's the people who get the valve pack and they immediately throw it in the trash. <laughs> Those are the only two types of people on the whole planet. I don't care where you live. I don't care what kind of business you have. You're only one of those types of people. I only thumb through it because I, I want to make sure there's no other mail in there that I'm throwing away. <laughs> yeah. So I started out. I started well, there out. Is a third, there is a third person, my mom. What does she do? She'll still actually use the stuff that's in there and, and clip coupons. I've never met that person. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Here's, here's my belief. The reason I use that as an example is that, you know, Bob, let's say, let's say I'm your customer and I open up a conversation with me and you, and I don't care what channel it's on, Facebook, Instagram, Project Broadcast, our personal phones, right? Email. I don't care what the channel is. If I open up our conversation, our chat, and all I see are incentive, promo, BOGO, whatever, you know, yeah. sale, flash sale, Black Friday. You're a Val pack to me. Yeah. And I, I'm going to throw you in the trash. And what's crazy is I didn't even make the decision. You as a leader trained me that you only message me when you want me to buy something. 
So my brain will will very quickly create, you know, this pathway of when you get a message from Bob, brain says, are you in the mood to buy something? And if that answer is no, I won't read the message. And yeah, you don't have to be a marketing genius to know first rule of marketing. They, they got to read the message. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, if I open my conversation with you and I see things like product education or just a message of, hey, man, how, how's your day going? Was thinking about you today or information about an event that's coming up and we're actually having dialogue back and forth. Then whenever you do have a sale or a promo or an incentive that you want to share with me about and you do so, well, I'm going to read it because we actually have real dialogue between each other. It's really the number one. It's I'm pretty sure I would say it's the number one thing I wish that everyone understood is that it's all the messages between the sale messages that actually grow the business. It's the actual relationship building. Yeah. Um, so we call that transactional, right? You're you're yeah. have having transactional conversations, you're sending transactional messages and I think Jake, and tell me if you you agree, it's even, you know, because this is what everybody does and this is what most of the people in our space have done on social media for a very long time. And I most people by now, they're at least aware that that's not a good thing to do, spam your you know, your Facebook groups and your timeline and your feed and messages, they still do it, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But a text sent in that manner is so much more damaging to your relationships and your business with people. Would you agree with that? I do because a text is, one, it's it's a more personal channel and it's a very direct channel. Now, Mm -hmm. if I post sales and and incentives on my say Facebook or Instagram constantly it's different because it's a pull approach like i have i jake your customer and pulling that information and then deciding not to look at it anymore but if you are pushing content to me like a text message and it's on a personal channel like a text message yeah i would say you know sending content like that that is not wanted is actually damaging to the business yeah we like to say automation can cause alienation if it's not done right the wrong way. And that's oh, really, that's, really it ruins really. Just to reiterate this, you know, we did talk about this in the last episode, but the way that the service works is you get a dedicated number that's assigned to you. Mm-hmm. And when somebody essentially opts into your project broadcast list, they save you in their phone as you. So when you're texting them, it actually looks like they're getting a text directly from you as if you were texting on your phone they don't know that it's coming from Project Broadcast necessarily, right? Absolutely. They have no idea. They're getting a text message from a phone number. And, you know, most people, I think we do this as a part of our quick start training is, you know, we basically tell people your first message should just be an intro message. You know, hey, yeah. it's Jake. This is Start my a conversation. Number. Yeah, this yeah. is my new business number. Save yeah. in your contacts. Yeah. It, you know, since we've been kind of putting this out there, or have you used Project Broadcast? One of the things that I've heard People are afraid to use it because, especially people in our community, because we talk so much about the the damage of being transactional, they're afraid to use it because they think that the service is transactional. And Mm. it's only a tool for you to have a conversation. Your approach to the conversation is what determines what it is. It can be totally transformational. It doesn't replace human relationships or human connection, it actually creates more opportunities for you to do that in a meaningful way if you do it the way that you're talking about. Yeah. One of the things, one of my tips for people that I always tell them is when you craft a message, I want you to read it. And does it read like you sent it to just one person? If it reads like you just sent it to one person and you sent it to a thousand people, well, all thousand people are getting an individual message. And if all thousand people feel like you wrote the message just for them, you crushed it. Yeah. One of the things that we get a lot of feedback on, pretty common feedback, is that people will email us and say, I sent a message and it was something very basic like, hey, I hope you're having a great day. Like that literally is the message. And they will say they have gotten more engagement, more feedback from people they haven't talked to in years from a message like that. Because what what are they doing? They're actually... They're actually trying to build a relationship. Now, they may have sent that message to 100 people, but that's okay because each individual person gets their own message. Yeah. And each individual person feels like you wrote that message just for them. Yeah. It's just staying front of mind. 
which from a yeah. marketing and a business standpoint, it is the single most important thing to do. And it, it's the hardest thing to do today. When we think of when Social I get media, spammed on email, it's almost like I, I just expect it. I'm like numb to it now. Yeah. But to this day, when I get a promotional text, man, I just like, it just makes my skin. It actually leads just me to my number annoyed. two. I'm like, yeah, well, let me, let me just say, that? I want, before you get yes. to that. Well, yeah. So I, you know, and anybody that's listening to this, I bet you feel the way that I do. I've gotten actually to the point where I am, God only knows, you know, holiday season. I mean, the amount of companies and people that are trying to sell us on social media and through our inboxes. I mean, it just gets oh, worse crazy. and worse every year. What's funny is take Project Broadcast off the table for a second. For most people, if they were to look at their phone, you've got a bunch of apps on your phone. You've got Facebook, Instagram, email, voicemail, your texting app, whatever, WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal. I mean, there's a gazillion of them, right? For most people, if you look at the badge, you know, every app has a badge which tells you how many unread messages you have in that platform. And we do this every time we have a call with people because I want people to understand the power of texting, not just the power of Project Broadcast, but the power of texting as a channel. Well, if you look at your phone, and if you've got your phone, do this. Look at like the badge you have on your email. We do this all the time. It'll be hundreds or thousands or 10,000s, or oftentimes you see people with hundreds of thousands of unread emails. And then look at your other apps, what the badges are there. Even Messenger now, because to your point, Bob, I get inundated with Messenger messages that I'm never going to read. Mm -hmm. But then look at your texting app. In most cases, your texting app, your personal just texting app on your phone has the lowest badge number of any other communication app that you have. And all that tells us is like regular humans, we use texting more so than we actually use Messenger, voicemail, email. So. You have to appreciate that that's a very powerful channel, but with great power comes great responsibility, right? Like yeah. you're going to be sending messages that people are going to be reading. So make sure to take the time to send the right message. Totally, totally. So let's get to number two. My number two issue is I don't think, and this is painting with a pretty broad brush, obviously. I think most people don't sit down and think about the long game enough. So we're coming up on Black Friday, Cyber Monday season as an exam, prime example right now. One of the challenges that we're going to face is a lot of people are going to sign up for Project Broadcast. The very first thing they're going to do is start blasting out Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff, right? And while it may help in the short game, in terms of you may get a bunch of sales because you send out a bunch of incentives to people. Um, it's not great for the long game. So I, I'm a big believer that you should. And one of my employees, Dawn, I love, she has this phrase and I love it. She always says project broadcast second. So the very first thing you should do is actually sit down and strategize. Where do you need help in the business? I need follow-up. I need prospecting. I need consultant onboarding. I need product education, whatever, whatever that is, right? And you pick the top one and go implement that in Project Broadcast. And notice, none of the things I just said was, I need a way to blast out incentives. Yeah. Right? It's similar to number one in how people act, but it's caused by number two, where I don't think people sit down and really think enough about the business and then use the tool to help the business and don't use it as a quick means for getting lift in volume that's short-lived, right? How yeah. do you use a tool like Project Broadcast to create long-term success in the business? I love that. It's so in alignment with what we teach in, in Love, Serve, Grow, which is the more of the transformational approach to building a business. And, and a big part of that is people that are predominantly transactional, most of their focus is on the front end of their business, getting people to buy and join from them. And they have these transactional conversations like you're talking about that can result and often do result in sales or recruits but it doesn't actually turn into sustainable results in an actual business. And it's like, how many times, for any of you listening to this, how many times have you made a bunch of sales on Black Friday just because you had a really good deal and you got all excited, but then those people literally never bought from you again? Mm -hmm. Because you're a transactional sale is not going to create an emotional attachment to your product. You need to slow down. And what's interesting is 
I love that you're saying this. I just had this conversation with our internal sales team. Mm-hmm. So we have, for the first time ever, we have two salespeople that work for our company now. We've never had that before. And we had a call on Monday and I was kind of really hitting home with them the importance of like, we can't be teaching people how to have transformational sales conversations and we're doing it transactionally. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. and it came up because we had this really large volume of prospects that they had to message So they kind of got caught into the trap of just here's the link, here's the link, here's the link, because that's what they thought I wanted them to do. So it was really my fault. But I said, listen, I'd rather you have way less conversations with people that go deeper and build a relationship on the front end, because those are the types of people when they buy from us, they're actually going to stick around, they're going to do the work, and they're going to get the results. Those are the kinds of customers that we want. And so when I hear you say that, that's what I think. And then The other part of being transformational is there's an equal, if not greater focus on what happens after people buy and join from you. And that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. In our business, and our businesses are kind of similar in, in terms of our age, we're six years old. It's taken me, if I'm honest, five years to realize that the secret to really scaling a business is not acquisition, it's retention. Yeah, so there's a great you know, concept in, in our kinds of businesses where you're, and and this is actually the same, frankly, for network marketing, direct sales called crossing the chasm. And the idea is that for most businesses, and again, this, any business where you're trying to like maintain a, a, a user base, a customer base. So even as a direct sales network marketing leader, you have this same concept in your business. Most businesses can grow to a certain point. And they grow to a certain point, and then what you find is they stall. And it's not because they're not continuing to add people to the business. What's happening is the churn that is occurring is now equaling the amount of new people coming into the business, and you find that the business kind of flatlines. And you know to really get your business to the next level, and it's literally called crossing the chasm, you have to implement and grow and stretch yourself to basically out you know, outrun gravity effectively. Gravity is a very powerful force in business where you're talking about people. So in a network marketing direct sales business where you're growing an organization, you may find that your business you feel like is at stalemate because that churn, the people leaving the business and not buying from you is equal to the number of new people buying and new people joining your team. And you have to figure out how do I get beyond that? And the only way to do it is to outpace the gravity. And when I say gravity, I'm talking about that churn number. How do you outpace that churn number? And you do that with, again, with systems and delegating and figuring out how to automate, you know, parts of the business so you can multiply your effort to actually get beyond the point you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. I just said this the other day on a call with a client that you'll never truly duplicate and scale your business in a way that gives you actual freedom. And that not only that gives you freedom, but creates like meaningful results for other people on your team without automating. And the things you're talking about are training and support. And, you know, automation is not just like purchasing a software like Project Broadcast. It's creating systems and processes and tools. But that's a lesson it took me a very long time to learn in my own network marketing business because I had a very people-dependent culture where because we're all control freaks, right? And we, we're afraid to let go. And, you know, not anybody can do it as good as I can do it. But but that's what gets us stuck. And so what I love about a tool like Project Broadcast is you kind of, it forces you, once it's in place, it forces you to step back. And like you said earlier, focus on some of the more important things that are going to better contribute to your long-term growth. Automation, I think another misconception is that automation is impersonal. And I think people have to get out of their head that implementing systems and automating is an impersonal part of the business. It can be very personal. Like when you're doing customer follow-up, yes, the messaging may be the same for each customer, but well, first, they don't know that. You know, the customer that bought from you this week and the customer that buys from you three months from now, if they get the same follow-up messages from placing an order, well, they don't know that they were the same. And, you know, it's up to you to make sure that you build content that is still personal. And then you fill in, you know, ideally, when you're sending messages on a platform like Project Broadcast, you're writing a message in a manner that elicits a response. Yeah. 
right? You want them to respond to you and engage with them. And you're engaging with them between, you know, message one of your follow-up and then message whatever two of your follow-up. There's actually conversation happening between those two points. So I think just getting a great, you know, grasp of the idea that automation can be very personal um, yeah. and don't, don't, don't let the idea of something happening happening for you through a system and automating mean you're you know not taking care of your customers or not being personal. It's it's a way for you to scale the business and create safety nets to make sure stuff doesn't fall through the cracks. Yeah. And the other thing I would say to that too is that same person that will say, well, it's impersonal to do things like that. When you really look at what they do in their business every day, they're hustling and they're going through the numbers to try to keep up with all of it. And when you look at the conversations that they're having, they're not ever really present to the conversation they're having because they're so worried about the next person that they have to reach out to and the next person. And most of our audience, Jake, they subscribe to this idea, this concept that we teach called Love, Serve, Grow. Mm -hmm. And service is a really important thing to them. They want to help people. We just try to teach people the only place you'll ever be able to truly serve and transform someone else's life is in the present moment. And if you're not present to the conversation, see, automation gives you the freedom and the peace of mind to be present in the conversation that you were in, in that moment, not the next one that you know you need to have. And I think that's a really big missing piece for a lot of people. And automation creates the opportunity for present moments. Like that's the thing I find with it is that I keep talking about customer follow-up, but let's say you aren't doing customer follow-up well, right? But you are doing customer follow-up. And in those present moments where you're doing follow-up, you have the opportunity in your to your point to transform someone, to actually be of service to them, right? But if you're not following up with everyone, there's a lot of opportunities to serve them that you're missing. And automation can actually help create those opportunities so that when they do respond to you from your follow-up, you've now got all these increased opportunities to actually be present with them in that conversation to serve them. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Let's move on to number three. Number three, I think, is a lot of these are somewhat, I guess, related and similar. I think for me, we actually look at data a lot and we have five years of data. We've sent over a half a billion text messages mm-hmm. and you know we understand how certain uses of project broadcast can be successful or can't be successful and what behaviors drive success in project broadcast. And one of the number one kind of indicators for long-term success in project broadcast is training. When someone signs up for project broadcast, we have a a kind of a a system, we call it milestones in the product, where we will send you a message in the product and say, hey, make sure you go do our quick start training. And we even give you credits for completing training. We pay you, we pay you to go do training so that you can better use the tool to help you grow your business, okay? (laughs) But... We have reams, literally years of data that shows that people that go through Quick Start and do other training modules send more messages, have more responses, and use more parts of the platform to grow their business. And I think the initial, not reaction, but the initial kind of approach for many people is they sign up and immediately jump in and without doing any training, try to import contacts, blast out a message, and for some people, they can do that. They're they're great at hopping into technology and really understanding it. But I'm in this area specifically, I tell people they should be a little bit more cautious in that doing something wrong here means you may be doing something wrong that affects all of your customers, mm. right? Sending a bad, a, you know, a bad message or a malformed message to your entire customer base is it, it can create an issue at scale, right? Yeah. So. So it's important to just take a breath, you know, slow down. You don't have to crush everything on day one that you sign up. Do some training, like take the time and think about the business and strategize and then go do some training and then leverage the tool to actually implement those things. Yeah. Are, so are we talking about training. project broadcast or network marketing here, Jay? Because I'm I'm kind of yes. seeing some similarities. The answer here. is yes. <laughs> Because you want, you know, it's, which is funny, you actually asked that question. We talk about this internally a lot. We're, when we look at Project Broadcast as a business, I'm curious if you guys do this as well for your business. We literally have the conversation fairly frequently that Project Broadcast as a company is not that indifferent 
than a direct sales and network marketing company. In that, we serve the exact same audience. You know, we serve the exact same audience that a direct sales or network marketing company serves. We're dealing with the same people, right? We have to think about things like how to help them be successful. What's our product? How do we educate on our product? So I would gather some of the challenges that we're even talking about here. These three things are probably probably similar challenges just in a network marketing direct sales company at large, you know? Yeah. I would argue it's one of the singular greatest problems that this our space has, which is this hustle mentality of go, 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 more, 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 faster, faster, faster. And what the average new distributor, when they get when when they get brought into a team, there's, you know, there's training thrown at them that isn't really given to them in an intentional way, simple training. Most of the people, they they don't spend a lot of time going through the training because the person that sponsored them is trying so quickly to get them into action, partially because they're afraid if they don't, they're going to quit and they'll never get to talk to anybody they know. But mostly because that's they believe that's how you create success. It's the whole quantity or quality. And I am of very much of the belief, and there's no one that can sway me in this, the quality of the actions that you take starting out in this profession are far more important than the quantity. Oh, and I totally agree. We teach people slow down. We use the analogy of good form. Learn what practicing good form looks like because if you can understand what a quality action actually is, what you'll realize is you can create results in way less time and effort. And then and only then do you begin to increase the quantity, but you do it in a way that's sustainable. And I mm-hmm. think, so when, when I hear you say that, it's, I'm just laughing because this is the thing that we just <laughs> preach to our students over. It's like slow down, not because we want you to go slow, but because we want you to do it right. So you actually keep doing it and it helps your business and it doesn't hurt it. Yeah, it's it's really like getting people to fully buy in to the idea that you cannot confuse activity with progress. Mm. And a lot of people do that. Like to your point, uh, which I which personally I feel like that comes from a, a fear-based it's something in us that cr- it's a fearful approach to it that if I just go do a bunch of things I'm going to uh, be successful. And even as a leader, it's a fear-based approach where we just blast all this stuff to the person and and try to make them, you know, have motion and activity. But again, you can't confuse that activity with, with progress. And to your point, learning good form is the way you start my kid, like a great example, my my son who uh, is just starting out lifting weights at school in seventh grade, right? They have like an athletics program. He comes home one day and he tells me that um, he learned how to squat. And I was like, well, how did, how are they teaching you how to squat? Cause I was a little nervous because he's seventh grade and, you know, squatting can be uh, a dangerous uh, lift. And he's like, well, we have PVC pipe. So they don't even let them touch the weights. Mm. They're literally learning every movement for weeks. You know, a squat's one motion, right? But yep. for weeks, they're learning how to squat with nothing but a PVC bar so that the coach can make sure they understand form. And when they understand form, they're going to move to the uh, 15-pound bar by itself. And then eventually they'll move to the 45-pound bar by itself. And then eventually they'll start adding weight. But to your point, if he knows how to squat really well with a PVC pipe, adding the weight is not going to be hard for him because he'll know how to actually do the lift. We need that in our businesses for sure. And that's important. It's such a great analogy. That's, That's important. I'm in the back of my mind. I'm thinking of my five-year-old trying to do a squat right now. <laughs> um, but it's important because you build muscle so much faster when you're practicing good form, right? So the results that you want come to you a lot quicker that way if you're using the right form. They, the muscles are stronger, um, less susceptible to tear. And it's like that's kind of... It's a really powerful parallel to how most people's businesses look and what they do in their businesses. Well, and and use that analogy on bad form. You know, let's use lifting weights as kind of that that analogy. If you squat with bad form, you can cause serious damage. Then you can't work out. And it's the same way in your business. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You execute your business with bad form, you're going to create damage in the business. Yeah, no doubt about it. Awesome. I love those three things. You are preaching to the choir here. Most of the people 
here that are listening to this. I think they're going to be really, it's going to be refreshing for them to hear a, a tool like text automation, which I think the natural tendency is to think that it's not these things, to hear the founder of the company having those same beliefs and values. So I think that's that's what makes this a really obvious partnership for us to not partnership, but you know, to be able to promote the service. Absolutely. What I'd love to have you do in closing, Jake, is just talk a little bit about some of the some of the newer features and enhancements that you're making to the platform, because these, I got really excited when I heard these, because I, I totally saw how these could be helpful for people that are using this service or wanting to. Yeah, we have got some cool stuff in the pipe. So I think today when someone says or asks you what's Project Broadcast, most people will say it's a text marketing platform. And I actually think it's a fair assessment. It's a fair assessment of what Project Broadcast does today. We feel, though, that Project Broadcast has three areas to add value. One is marketing tools. And, you know, yes, I'm biased, but I really believe Project Broadcast by far has the most robust set of marketing tools for people today in terms of texting. And we also support, you know, the idea of voicemail drops where you can literally send a voicemail to someone's phone as if you called them and left them a voicemail. Well, we started working a few months ago on this feature called Spaces. And this is the second area we think Project Broadcast has to add value, and that's in collaboration. You know, again, supporting so many network marketing, direct sales professionals, plus interacting with so many corporate customers um, that use Project Broadcast. In, in many network marketing, direct sales companies, the actual corporate folks use Project Broadcast to communicate with the field. And one of the things that we're constantly hearing is they want to get off Facebook. They do not want to communicate with their field via Facebook. It's a distraction. Their messages aren't seen. Email doesn't work. And we look at Project Broadcast, like, man, we have this great community of users and corporates using them. How do we allow these people to collaborate with each other? So we kind of came up with this bold idea that we were going to supplant the need for Facebook. And we started building a feature called Spaces. Spaces are effectively like a Facebook group. Um, there's not a lot there yet. Right now, it's more like Facebook Messenger than a Facebook group. But Spaces is going to evolve to have full discussion. You'll be able to share content like photos and files and stuff, kind of like you know a media album, so, so to speak. We're building a full Q&A module with ask a question, have people answer it like Quora or Stack Overflow, if you're familiar with those tools. People can mark you know, it as the best answer. And when you think about this idea of spaces, a user can have as many spaces as they want. Maybe you want a space for your 90-day hustle that you're about to go do with your team. Or maybe you want a space for people participating in an incentive trip or something. And maybe you want a space for like all your leaders in your organization. And inside each of those spaces, it's a collaboration zone, right? All of the content is related to that space. So sharing content, having discussion, Q&A is all related to that, that piece of, or that context, that space. And you can create as many as you want. We're working hard to get that built by end of year to roll that out. We're also completely redesigning the actual app itself. Our marketing site we changed a few months ago. <laughs> Not to to diss myself and Brian, but you know, we rolled out the design in 2017. It's been basically the same design since 2017. And we finally hired a full-time designer who came in and said, yeah, you need help. Um <laughs> by the end of the year, the whole product's being redesigned. It's a beautiful, the design's actually really beautiful. I'm really happy with it. Uh, and it will have a focus on conversation and spaces for collaboration. And we're also rolling out email by the end of the year. So, you know, by the end of the year, you're going to be able to send text messages, send voicemails, which you can today, and even use Project Broadcast to build really rich emails to go out to people. So we've got the marketing piece of Project Broadcast. We're currently working on the collaboration part of Project Broadcast. And then that third pillar, we feel that Project Broadcast should add a lot more CRM functionality. So helping youth understand like when you add a prospect to put them in some like a pipeline where it's going to remind you in three days or in 10 days or whatever your pipeline is built to do to reach out to that person. Or it's going to create, you know, opportunities for you to create to-dos and tasks and reminders so that we can kind of expand the capability of not just messaging, not just collaboration, but how do you how do you move Project Broadcast from being a text marketing platform to just being your business platform. Uh, it's pretty, pretty kind of big, uh, big ambitious goals, I think. But you know what, man, if, if the goals aren't big, you're not going to go make moves in the world. So we're, you know, we're 
putting some big ideas out there and trying to go trying to go tackle them. I love it, man. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's that. I mean, all that stuff is. I could see how that would be, especially if you're already promoting the service to your team. You've got people using it. It only makes sense to have discussions, be able to have discussions with those people inside of the platform. So I think that's smart. So that's well, think about it. You get you get guaranteed delivery and no spam filtering and yeah. super and super high throughput. Yeah. That's for awesome. Some, for some people, depending on the company they're they're with, their content is not loved by social media platforms. And and I don't know why. I don't know if you think this too, but like I feel like our profession in general, network marketing direct sales is kind of unloved on some of these platforms just in general. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being able to collaborate in a place where it's literally built kind of with you in mind, yeah. uh, where, where there's no financial incentive for me to not show someone a message or notify them when something happens, um, creates a lot more opportunity for like real collaboration with your team. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. It's unloved because of the people in the profession that have abused the platforms. You know, the, oh, it, sure. it's everything we're talking about. It's yeah. it's the transactional approach that I mean, eventually, it just it got to a point where the platforms recognize they've got to do something to try mm-hmm. to mitigate this for the user experience in Facebook. And this is part of our mission. This is part of our purpose is to teach people that there's a better way to go about using these kinds of tools. And I think that's the perfect segue into why we want to do this workshop. We just want to be able to help people figure out to make sure if you want to use a tool like Project Broadcast, how do you do it in a way that's transformational, that it'll be an asset, not a liability to your business and actually help you do more of what you want. So that's awesome. Well, Jake, hey man, I really appreciate you being on here today. I know you're a busy guy. This episode was great. And um, I really look forward to getting a chance to to do this workshop in a couple of weeks. So thanks, thanks for being on here today, man. No, man, this has been fun. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, awesome. All right. So was that an incredible interview or what? Jake and I probably talked another half an hour after the interview was done. We just, like I said, we just, our viewpoint on really what needs to happen inside of this profession is kind of pretty much aligned. So looking forward to talking more about Project Broadcast with all of you. And regardless of where you are on the spectrum, some of you are just hearing about this for the very first time. You don't even know what text automation is. If that's you or you're somebody that is using the service and you've been using it well and you just want to figure out how can I do even better, how can I use more of the features, no matter where you are on that spectrum, this two-day workshop is going to be for you. We're going to cover beginner and advanced strategies. You're going to have a chance to get actual templates that you can just plug and play done for you so that you can execute and implement what we're going to teach you even faster. So it's going to be really exciting. So that link is in the show notes. Make sure you go check it out. Get yourself registered. Please feel free to share that with your team. So have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you soon on the next episode.